0: What's up, everybody? This is Bobby. Welcome back to Fight Junkies. We're here on this beautiful Monday in Las Vegas, Nevada. And today I have my big bro himself, King David MMA, always coming through.
1: Let's go. Welcome, brother. Welcome back. Appreciate you always coming to kick it with the boys. How it's you been, about- bro? Oh, man, you know, just... Out here looking, so first of all, so the people at home may or may not understand that we've done a couple of these together. Yeah, like four. (laughs) Right, I'm on a five-fight win streak after the age of 40, all with first-round finishes, and I basically spent my entire weekend on a mission of mercy looking up former UFC veteran so I can create a hit list. That way, we can alleviate me destroying these men on the regional scene. They have families, and I have told Dana White to stop the bleeding, but um, I may take matters into my own hands and start butchering UFC veterans for fun and profits. That's what I've been up to. How's your weekend? <laughs> oh, shit. That's, uh, how do you follow that?
0: You know, It's like uh, Dave Chappelle going right before you. Uh, my weekend, and why we're not going to go too much into fights... My mother, who I haven't seen in almost nine years, is in town with my stepfather and my older brother, who I hadn't seen in a a long time. You know, moving a lot, military, going from Texas, Louisiana to California, and then just, uh, you know, not making the best decisions in my my 20s and early 30s. Uh, You know, I was was gone a lot. So now that we're settled and we have a beautiful, beautiful home, it was time and they came in. my mom didn't know. I picked them. My mom and stepdad up from the airport. And then the whole ride back, they'd be like, hey, did you talk to your brother, my older brother? And uh, I'm like, nah, we don't talk that much. But the night before, I picked him up at the airport, and he's in the guest room. So, of course, my mom comes in, and they're all excited, and uh, she's holding the baby. And uh, I, vi- I have a video. You probably, I think you saw. I posted it. Uh, my mom, like, lost it. My brother comes walking out, oh, and, she- wow. and she's holding the baby. And... Yeah, so it's good, man, to be around family. Uh, and I say that because there's a lot of people that went through bad times like me, addiction and homelessness and, and, and legal stuff and custody battles and all the things that come with abusing drugs. And if they're in the middle of it right now, they, they literally just think it's never going to end. But, you know, in about, shit, one month, I'm going on five years clean.
1: Congratulations.
0: Thank Let's you. go. Thank and I have a beautiful home, a beautiful wife, a uh, beautiful little girl, family's coming back around. So I, I just wanted to say, like, if you're suffering from the disease of addiction, uh, stop giving it power. You know, I don't go kumbaya in meetings. I don't say I'm an addict, none of that crap, because I'm not. I'm a savage beast who went to war and had a little bit of things in my brain that I had to handle. And it took me a little longer than most, but I handled that shit. Uh, and now I'm like you. I'm looking at, uh, for a hit list. To get success, and that's where I'm at. That's why I like being around other high level people, because well, your your energy, bro, is just always top notch, and that's what I love. I, I I like feel like I'm I take some out of you and throw it in myself. You know what I mean?
1: Well, I'm I'm pulling straight from source. You know what I mean? So I'm <laughs> I'm going straight from the universal forces and God above channeling energy through me, and so um, I feel like if I could be a conduit for that for others, then that's that's a good thing. So I'm glad that you know. Um, you know, you feel like you're getting a good vibe from me. And, uh, I, I feel like that, you know, addiction if it's like drugs is bad, obviously, but, um, you know, if you can get addicted to something positive, then you could just kind of like almost replace that type of energy, like that, um, that function in your brain. Like, Oh, I want it more and more and more more and more, more, you know, whereas like, uh, I would say I'm pretty addicted to martial arts at this point. I'd and, say. Right, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, you know, one of my buddies, he started training, and he's like, dude, this is, I'm hooked. And I'm like, so you see why I'm at the gym all the time now. It's it's literally like you can always do more. It is your more. addiction. Right, yeah. So, um, you know, somebody might be addicted to a substance, and then someone else might be addicted to something a little more positive. And I feel like in a lot of situations, people are, you know, instructing, Oh, don't do this. Don't do that. It's like, dude, just replace it with something good, man. You know what I mean? I, I'm not an expert, but like sometimes those those kind of addictive tendencies can be a positive thing when focused in the right direction.
0: I want to segue from talking about substance abuse and stuff. And there's a a legend in his own making in uh, the biggest drawn in, in UFC history who I think maybe goes out and parties too hard and gets into himself into some trouble. Did uh, you read those headlines at all?
1: Yeah, I, I read some of the headlines. Um I did not, you know, so my buddy Jesse on fire has done like three or four videos back to back to back on those. And um he was like, oh, did you see my video? And I was like, brother, I was like, I love your stuff, but if it's on some negative energy, I'm not tapping on it.
0: Same, um, same. I, I right. come for like, toward this more like he's a victim. Um In this country unfortunately with media and everything you are guilty till proven innocent and that's that's bullshit i looked at some stuff i just think when you're at that level everybody wants to clout chase they want to catch a bag and it's unfortunate you know um but we'll never know how it is and to be, be a, to
1: be clear we're we're both speaking about connor mcgregor and the recent allegations yes. on him correct yeah
0: right. i uh, i think it's bullshit that somebody at that level i'm not saying that i don't know if he's what agreement he has with his fiancée? It's not my business. He's a grown ass man, almost a billionaire. B- but it feels like, I mean, the allegations and certain things that these high level people, I don't know, man. It feels like people are just trying to rip people down and get a ch- get a paycheck, and that pisses me off. So I'm a huge fan of Conor McGregor.
1: Always have been a, a Conor McGregor Dick Rider. Um, well, the uh, the thing that is kind of interesting, just in my limited experience of. Being like a normal person walking through Whole Foods and then like fighting and then the crowd going crazy and then you're like a mini celebrity for that weekend in that area. If you extrapolate that out to being like a worldwide celebrity, your access to everything is unlimited and you have people with just good intentions, bad intentions and everything in between. That all want something from you. Well, you
0: have a family member who you got to see deal with that type of like not I'm not saying anything like those out just being a celebrity and like having to navigate the world. I mean, my,
1: My uncle had a sex tape, you know what I mean? And that was put out by at the time someone who was his quote unquote best friend who had offered his wife apparently to my uncle after my uncle had gotten a divorce and then recorded it and then put the sex tape out without my uncle's knowledge it was like some crazy ass story like that and i'm like dude like he he went into the, like not the bedroom or whatever but i mean in the situation in general like just like oh this is my my dear friend and they do open stuff and he's trying to help me get over this divorce or and then it turned out like oh it was a publicity stunt by the other dude to try and gain clout and uh you know it's a wild world out there and i i believe that Connor is probably just a, a a party animal in general. I feel like his success may be almost a way of enforcing his decision making like I did all this I can do anything so let me do X, y and z in addition to that at a party or whatever um I'll, I'll ask you, know. you this though uh, and Austin
0: Austin thanks for you know engineering let me ask you guys this when did Connor McGregor become the Floyd Mayweather of MMA? When did people start preying on his downfall instead of being solely excited for his his success? I feel like he's always played the heel, but he was loved. And now I feel like people are genuinely looking at him with a little bit of, like... Like they want him to fail, and that that bothers me. That pisses me off a little bit because they're the first ones when he wins. They're gonna be like, yep.
1: "Yeah, Conor," you know, because they're well, well, he, what got, they? he got pretty dark around the Khabib uh, yeah. fight, yeah, like the lead up to that, the bus, right? Yeah, I'm 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 a huge Conor McGregor fan in terms of like watching his martial arts, and you know, I've said it before that I believe that his performance against Eddie Alvarez was almost like perfection of martial arts at that time of the development of martial arts. Um, but you know some of the stuff he was saying before the the Khabib thing was like in a really dark place, and then he also um, allegedly I don't know if they ever worked it out or not. I think he hit like an old dude at a oh at uh, the pub you know, yeah right? yeah. And I'm not saying you know old dudes should be running around running their mouth, but sometimes maybe don't hit maybe don't hit like at a that level got, like right, like you're a pro
0: fighter you you right. would hold me down and just smack me and say Bobby what are you doing before you beat the dog shit out of me. Because I'm not a threat to you. Like, what? To, now imagine yeah, an I'm old man gone off
1: an eight ball and yeah. you know, <laughs> half a bottle of proper 12 either. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I haven't been up for three days. Uh, yeah. Big difference. So sometimes that's the other counter argument. Right. Is people go like, he wouldn't do that. He's rich and famous. It's like, bro, he's got all kinds of substances in his system. You know what I mean? No telling what he might do. He might jump off a building just because he thinks he can fly. Right. Like, you know. Um, and I have friends that fight and they do extracurricular activities and sometimes, um, you know, just from a a competition standpoint, uh, when you limit them too much, like these are like wild people, right? So I was cornering an athlete and this person parties and, um, you know, up the week of the fight, everyone else was trying to like curtail them and I like, don't do it at all. You can't. And I'm like, Hey, listen, drink half a tall can yeah smoke half a joint where we're at they they don't test for weed, and um, yeah you've got to you know. be yourself right that and and that person performed excellently because they weren't so restricted, they didn't feel trapped, and I'm not saying that you know you should encourage you know alcohol or anything like that, but uh it is legal, and the person performed better being a little bit more free and I think that connor um uh, is getting a lot of criticism. he's gone a downward spiral he says dude listen. He, I'm not saying the Chandler fight's still on, but he might just go smoke Chandler and then everybody's <laughs> like, oh, he's the greatest. And yeah. it's like, dude, he's got such a skill level and a technical understanding that he can get away with a lot of things that most people can't. So, uh, you know, I think that in determining whether you have a quote unquote problem or not would basically be like an individual case by case basis. And I would almost say that Connor has the opposite of a problem where he's so talented and so gifted that he can get away with a lot of things that, you know, uh, a lot of pe-
0: like John that, Jones, he would just right. party and then. Yes. Get in there
1: and, you know, starch everybody. Right. And so John John's issue seems to be that he can be on whatever and go fight. But, you know, he can't be on whatever and go to a nightclub because then he's got a problem. So you just got to keep that guy away from the nightclub and get him an Uber driver.
0: Yeah. So I want to dive into uh because I, I care about you. You're a friend of mine. Like we hit it off. What 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 do we got to do? Contender series is coming up. Uh, you know, we we got Mister Orlando, who verbally binding said he would talk to Dana for you, right, John? Uh, That's funny. <laughs> he's gonna punch me in the face later. Um, but like, in all actuality, how does it? What do you know? The pro, like, you just send hot like your your manager to go talk to them again. How does that? Like, what is in your brain right now? Because Contender starts August sixth. They got to be getting people right now.
1: Well, I, I recently accepted a short notice fight in Canada. Against an opponent, and this was for a Dana White looking for a fight. um They said that the the promotion said that they want the matchup. They just don't want to do it on Dana White looking for a fight, which was the whole point of me going to Canada, right? I'm not like looking to go scrap up there. I'm like, dude, I'm I'm I like this fight because Dana's in the crowd, right? Like, I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm not looking to go fight where I don't know what city it is or in Ottawa or something. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not. That's not on my radar. Um, they're like, oh well, well, we we love this matchup. This will be an exciting fight. We'll put it on the next card. And I'm just like, I appreciate it, but you know, next. Um, That's bullshit, right? And then I I accepted a fight in Fusion Fight League. Um, that card uh, got postponed. Another Fusion Fight League card came up. The an opponent that was already on the there was already a match. One of them dropped out. Hey, we've got a guy. He's six and six. His Opponent dropped out, it's in two days. Do you want it? Yes, like I didn't even look at the dude, you know what I mean? I just said, Yeah, I said, Bro, forge my signature and I will show up on weight, yeah. And then, um, well, you, not, you, you, but you... that's not the matchup that that guy wanted, you know. So, um, I'm not saying that you know, the, the everybody, it no, yeah. it's just that, like, yeah, but like this is just the process. So, behind the scenes, sometimes people, um you know they kind of don't understand that there's like a lot of logistics that happens as well. So
0: what's up with uh and shout out to Sean uh, Merriman for coming on the show.
1: He oh, yeah, o- I saw that. that yeah, was
0: awesome. he owns uh, Lights Out. Okay, it's a, a big fight organization. That's I, I want to say it's like right around Bellator almost. Like it's on the come up. It looks really good. The production's great. Um, I have
1: connections with him, but he you will probably know him too from the gym, right? Well, I've, I've seen him at the gym. Um, you know, obviously, I recognized him and everything like that. But uh, a lot of times, people are working out. I don't interrupt anybody or anything like yeah, that. And
0: I brought you up to him. Oh, sick! Um, on the show, on the podcast, um, a couple times actually. I think uh, we should explore that. You know, off camera, he, but
1: yeah. Uh, who else was up here? J Rock.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know J Rock too. Uh,
1: I know. I know him through uh, a mutual friend named Rudy Silva in San Diego. So I would always see him on Rudy's stories. And I've known Rudy for, like, 10 or 15 years. Rudy basically runs San Diego. So, like, um, anything nightclub-related, you know, you just talk to Rudy. Gotcha. So, Same yeah. as, as J-Rock out yeah, so here. Then, you know, I was really drawn to uh, to J-Rock because
0: not just because— You know, he's got followers and a blue check and success that that was not I never look at people in a jealous way or I want that way. I look at it as motivation. And when I see a a former Iraq combat veteran who was in the Marine Corps, especially in the beginning of the war, uh, in the position they're in now, I know damn well that he went through shit. I know it without a doubt. You you can't go through what he went through with the Marine Corps in the early part of the Iraq war and not have, you know have a lot of things come with it so for for me personally when i see somebody that's successful fit disciplined around other like-minded individuals that are also successful and they also went through the war like i did it just motivates the hell out of me to level my game up um right. because i know these people also have demons but they're just Saying nah, 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 you're, we're gonna we're gonna handle this, and they put their demons aside, and that's a big feat, you know what I mean? So he's cool as hell. He's he's a lot bigger than I thought.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, he's a big boy. Yeah, he's big. Sean Merriman's big, so you know. Sean Merriman's huge. Now, um, so what? So what is it like? Because you know, I know, I understand you're a combat veteran, but like, what's it like? Like, hey, guess what? And You're like, what's that? And they're like, you're going to war. And then you're like, what? And they're like, hey, you get on a plane tomorrow. Okay. And then you're like, uh, wait, what'd you say? And they're like, yeah, brother. So they don't, it, that doesn't happen
0: in the regular okay. military like that. I think some of like, you know, spec ops guys and uh, special forces and SEALs, they'll get spun up. But that's what they know that that's going to happen. For okay. me, of course, when I joined, I knew I was going to end up in a war. That's why I joined because um, of my dad being in 9 11. But it was like, you know, I went to boot camp for six months. Then I went to Germany, and I was in Germany for 18 months before we went to Iraq. But we knew almost a year out. So we fa- I think we found out in, like, like March, and we left September 22nd. So it was a, it was a long buildup and a lot of training to prep to go. Right. Um, but, yeah, when you're winding it down and you're hugging your family and you're getting on that bus with all your gear and you know you're about to do a 15-month
1: deployment to northern Iraq um, – and we would call yeah, northern iraq like sketchy like is that like in a, 2007 okay.
0: tikrit mosul um i think baghdad had already fell and it was a green zone okay uh ramadi was still hot um but yeah it was it was real bad oh sure so you know now i'm a 19 20 year old kid about to go to war
1: yeah it was a you know and then and, and at that age do you have the like the understanding that the the severity of the situation, or is it just like, I'm invincible. I'm 19 invincible. Okay. And then with fear attached, because you
0: you see, you know, to prep you for combat, they show you literally all of the videos in classes of soldiers dying and getting blown up. And, you know, they make us not, I had already seen hundreds of soldiers get shot by snipers and blown up and die in Iraq, you know, enemy get killed and and all this on video, like all the time. And so when we get there, we're, we're numb and programmed, but I don't care who you are. I don't care how tough you are. My first combat patrol was Christmas day, 2007. We got there in September and the mission we had to guard some uh, general fell through. So we didn't, whatever the case was, the leadership probably knew I was just a private Christmas day. was our first patrol and I don't care how tough you are, how badass you think you are. When you leave that wire and you're going through a city that is packed and you see blast holes and gu- and it's it's a feeling I'll never be able to describe. And that's why so many of us chase that feeling again. Like, you know, a lot of these guys become snowboarders or jiu-jitsu guys or fighters and cuz that adrenaline just cannot be recreated. And that's why I say I know how it is to get into the Octagon because I went on almost 400 combat patrols where I oh, wow. set up and went out at the wire over 15 months. And every time you leave that wire, and the, the it's wire, like getting in the case. So the, leaving the wire is the base. So you're on okay. a big installation, which is probably no shit over there. Some of them are size of Vegas.
1: Okay. You know, and, the and base. You would, and you would say it's fairly safe on base before you leave the wire. And then when yeah, you I mean, leave there's the wire, wires. now you're just in... Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you come.
0: Free for all. You go out to the you know the main uh, supply route, which is like a highway. It's like you get on ninety five, and but imagine just desert. Okay. You know, it's like driving uh, out of Vegas for a little while, and then all of a sudden you see Vegas. That's how it is coming. Our base is in the middle of nowhere, and it's like you all of a sudden here's Vegas, but that's the city of Tikrit. and now you're in the city, and it's just everywhere. You just never know. Soda cans, snipers, car bombs, suicide bombers, small arms fire, rocket. It's just so you're on edge all the time. So that's why I love uh, being around fighters because I understand what it's like to get in that octagon. Because when you go into that, that fight mode and you really have the full belief and acceptance, I might die today. I might get knocked out or you know whatever right i we go we process the same shit every single day when i left the wire i had to accept that i might die and it wasn't easy but i i accepted it and i just went out there
1: and did my job and do you feel that having gone through that experience having done your job having accepted the possibility of death or you know yeah yeah problem, does that does that add to you being more of a risk taker now that you're out or in the beginning, okay.
0: Yeah, you know, now I'm I'm older. But yeah, I was reckless. Uh I had a street bike. I had to hit that 140 like you know, almost daily to feel that thing. Right. Um yeah, yeah, we were uh and that's why a lot of guys lose lose who they are,
1: you well, know. Well, even right now, some people would rec- would say that like, hey, setting a goal of being a international famous podcaster is probably wild (laughs) right yeah Yeah. you know but like even to me that's like a little bit like you know what i've faced a lot in life this isn't necessarily a risk this is like a a toned down it's a reward for me yeah like you're like dude i've i've risked it all like so yeah and you know what i want to do and
0: and i want to kind of say something i know we got to get out of here that that i can kind of clip out this is not just your regular fight podcast okay And I don't say that because I want to get clicks and follows and clout. I'm not a journalist. I never went to college for journalism. No, nothing against these guys. I am a former Iraq combat vet who loves fighting because I relate to it because I know what it's like to be in fear for your life and still go out and do your goddamn job. I am a super fan of this sport. So... As much as we talk about only fighting in this podcast, I want people to get behind me as well and know that I, I'm a regular dude who's been through all kinds of shit. And just to be sitting here is a blessing to me. Literally, I, I shouldn't shouldn't even be here. I should be dead or in a cell somewhere. But I changed my goddamn life around, and it's a blessing. So nothing against the other guys, but you know that they're just kind of dork. They want to go out there with their microphone. Hey, I'm doing it at a really like. Uh, This is
1: a blessing to me. Well, that's one of the things I like about you most is sometimes you talk to these dorks, right? And they don't have any perspective on life. And they're they're talking to you like they're questioning you. And you're looking at them like, brother, you're wearing khaki pants and a pocket protector. Don't ever speak to me in that. Like, go do something. You know, go put something on the line because you're sitting behind a pen and paper or you're sitting behind a microphone in your little comfort zone. Right. And you're judging people who are outside of their comfort zone. And I believe that, you know, someone who has never been to war shouldn't tell you how to go to war. Someone who's never been in an octagon should never tell me how to be in an octagon. Yeah. And there's a lot of people out there with a lot of opinions that are not based on fact or life history that really need to get things put in perspective in terms of their life and get off the couch. And, you know, um, go learn what it is for real. There's too many people, and I've been saying it, there's
0: too many people that want to talk about resilience and want to talk about the comeback. What did you go through? What did you really go through? Right. Nothing. You read some fucking books, and then you learned how to speak a little bit, and you, now you're out here shooting the shit with people, acting like you're some guru who knows about life. Well, They've had the, an easy life, bro. Right.
1: They missed the context, right? So let's say Jocko, right, who's a stud, says something like discipline equals freedom you know what i mean or he says good right like (laughs) and then someone else regurgitates discipline equals freedom and then they're wondering why they're not getting the response that Jocko gets. It's like, dude, go be a Navy SEAL commander and then come out and then have a best selling book on the New York Times bestseller list and then own a multi-million dollar company consulting for the top CEOs in the country and then do all that and be a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt and corner UFC fighters and own the top gym in San Diego, like for a decade and a half, right? Go do that. And then when he says discipline equals freedom, there's a context to it. And everybody's regurgitating the words without replicating the context that got the person there. Yeah, because people just want
0: the reward. They don't want to work for it anymore. They right. just want to be known. They want to be famous and have clout and all this bullshit. But what have you done, dog? You've done nothing. Don't You, you can't give—you're not going to give me advice because you have a degree and read some books. Bro, I've been through addiction, homelessness, jail, combat— Grew up. My parents were divorced. I'm on my third marriage. I have completely fucked my life up over the last 30-something years. So now that I've bettered it over the last five, you can't beat me. I'm unstoppable. I am the encyclopedia of life myself. I don't need a fucking book.
1: You've got the ability to say, here's what doesn't work. I've tried that. Here's what did work. This is better. And then you have a context to explain to people like the difference. Whereas somebody who hasn't done either, they sh- they should
0: go live. And you can tell when they're saying it when they're saying it, you got to be resilient, you got to go do this, this. like, oh, if if you get anxiety, start counting the colors in the room. Shut the fuck up, Bro. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, I, I mean, <laughs> guys, I'm sorry we went down a rabbit hole today, but there wasn't a lot going on. Shout out to Marvin Vittori's chin. Oh, I'm, yeah. I, Marvin Vittori's chin is a bad mother uh yeah. cannoneer but i think uh we had a hard out at ten thirty. so um once again king david mma is in the house is there anything you want to shout out your sponsors whatever uh so you can throw, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a
1: psycho man i have a major company trying to sponsor me right now but i don't like the fact that they have artificial sweeteners in their drinks so um you know i i say no to almost everything <laughs> <laughs> fuck artificial sweeteners let's go <laughs> let's
0: go Uh, I appreciate you coming by. Um, like I said, Monday's, uh, it's just me. So anytime, obviously today it got pushed a little bit, but normally we'll do a full hour, uh, and we'll come with more of, you know, agendas and stuff. But my family, it literally no excuse, but it's an excuse, man. I lost a lot of time with my loved ones because of the, the, the life that I chose to live in the past. And I'm just happy to have them around. It's been nine years. Um, and we're getting older, my mom's getting older.
1: Well, and, and your mom with your baby and your brother, that's a blessing. Beautiful. You know what I mean? And you'll have that memory forever. So Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. So shout out to everybody suffering today. And I wanna I wanna give a special happy Father's Day once again to all the dads out there who didn't get to talk to their kids yesterday, who were kept from their children and had to cry alone in a room because all they want to do is be a good dad. Well, I'll say this you are a good fucking dad. So be strong, keep being the example, and when those kids come back around, like I said yesterday, and they see the amazing, tremendous man, a real man standing in front of him or her, they'll be proud to call you dad. Fight junkies. Let's go. Happy Father's Day.